<laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's the Super Bowl, the big game. If you're in Des Moines, Iowa, stop by and have canvassed for Bernie Sanders or phone banked. Stop by Vaudeville Muse in downtown Des Moines for an exclusive canvassers only Super Bowl party with Chapo Trap House. Give uh, me the details. It'll do, be the Super Bowl. Uh, to attend, one must have completed two canvassing ships or four phone banking ships before February 2nd. Uh, that's at Vaudeville Muse, 212 4th Street, Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. Starts at 8 p.m. Uh, there's a link uh, in the description of this episode. Oh, there will be the Super Bowl. Oh, shark. No, I'm sorry. Cut this. We will be showing the big game. Do not sue us, NFL, please. The big game. Chiefs, Niners. Who Ch- will win? Chapo Trap House. Come hang out with us and have fun. Super Bowl canvassers party. Uh, big game. And the rest of our tour uh, was Iowa City sold out. Iowa is sold out. We kick off our 2020 election tour this Saturday, February 1st, Iowa City sold out show. But you can still catch us February 9th in Derry, New Hampshire. There are still a handful of tickets available for that one in Las Vegas, Nevada, February 18th, San Diego, California, February 23rd, Los Angeles, San Francisco are sold out, but there are tickets still available in Sacramento on February 28th. You can find those at trapotraphouse.com slash tour. Greetings from Sunbaked Des Moines, Iowa. Here at Days In by Wyndham. Coming to you from live from Iowa. We are here for the caucus. Um, and we are in the shit right now. We are we are uh, deep throating that caucus. Uh, I mean, okay, so like we have been here uh, two days now. We've uh, we've gone to a couple of field offices, a couple of campaign events. However, I will be saving those sterling anecdotes for Saturday night in Iowa City. But I would like to give you, you know, like I said, we're T minus how many days now until Monday? Five, four, three, five days. Five, four. So uh, what day is it? What time is it? <laughs> who are you guys? It's Thursday. Wait a minute. Who are you people? <laughs> who am I? Why am I here? Wait a All right. Let's do some simple arithmetic. It's on Monday and it is Thursday now. Let's Someone do, else tell, do the rest. Let's do some game theory. Three days. Three days. Thank you, Chris. No, on four days. No, Friday. Then you got Saturday. Then you got now then there's your Sunday. And then there's Monday. Oh, yeah. Which kind of set are we doing here? Which set are we with? I don't know. Let's not get bogged down in the math here. Yeah. Sorry to start off with, with a little bit of wonkery there. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get you too confused. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big yeah, graph. You're not, listening, you're not listening to the 538 podcast right now. <laughs> we're not big graph guys here. Nah. But... Uh, like I said, we're 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 very close to the main event here. This is going to be our last episode before you know Woo! our live show holy on Saturday. Shit. Is and that then, real? You know, That's true. Yeah, when we begin our election tour. Yeah, holy mackerel, man! Uh, it's getting super real. Like I said, I, I at this point, I just can't I can't look at any poll right now of Iowa or any other state. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to get too excited. And even if you are looking at them, I think everyone out there, if, you, if you're fucking with Bernie, you should be assuming that you're down by five oh, yeah. in the no, polls right now. Of you, got, you got to fucking... 
play like you're from uh, we're from behind here. As Howard said, what you want to win by one point, you want to win, win by, by thirty, 30. fucking yeah, exactly. points. Um, but I would like to give you uh, listeners who uh, aren't here in Iowa right now uh, just maybe a little bit of a taste of sort of the the feeling here on the ground. And we've spent a little, a little time with some with some you know some people who work for the Bernie people, you know, just out and about some wonks, you know. We've had a smattering of everything: politicos, gadflies, campaign people, field organizers, uh, local wags. Uh, the guy at the liquor store. Oh yeah. Um, we no, uh, we've had some real time. We've had some real, like, yeah, exactly. Some real encounters with some real Iowa people, all up and down. But like specifically, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you are rooting for St. Bernard. You understand the importance of this. You understand how close we are, and you understand what we're about to do mm-hmm. or could potentially do here. So, I would say the energy is excited. Yeah. Very excited. A nervous kind of excitement. It's a kind of like a holy shit like eyes open like holy shit is this for real is yeah. this really happening kind of excitement but yeah so i think the energy right now very positive good vibes here on the ground at this point yeah you can kind of feel it. everyone's got it in the back of their heads they don't want to say it yes exactly they, they're afraid of ginseng it but you can see people are really starting to believe uh yeah it's 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 something right again you know these are people people on the campaign uh who have been here since the start there are people who have they have been down uh at, at you know, every week in this primary up to last week. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure some people, you know, on the campaign have had the thought that we have maintained for the past year, which is no, this is good. This is where we want to be. We have a solid base of support and we don't want to peak too early. We want to peak at just the right time, which would mean that this is the fulfillment of that, you know, long-term strategy. Yeah. That's what's so uh, unsettling. I really about, feeling this because we it is like when homer was the one who predicted what would happen to the comet homer what if this doesn't work well then i have a backup plan see while the unprepared are still sitting around twiddling their thumbs and going dad the plan i'm getting to that it's like it's happening are we really that are we right? Everyone else was wrong. Are we really right? Yeah, it's we're, happening. Yeah, well, yeah, we're right. We're great. I guess. It's just I have a hard time absorbing it. I'm very excited. That's easy it. for me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, a, a nervous a nervous energy, but there, there, there's a thrum here uh, that I'm feeling, and I, I, I would say it's a positive one. Yes. I feel like the beam. We're on the path of the beam. I feel like a small beam, too. <laughs> but... Uh, there is something that uh, I was chopping it up with these guys about uh, recently, or I'm, I'm sort of beginning to think about that, uh, you know, adds another layer to this feeling and this moment we're in. And that is this idea that, you know, we have thus far spent our time, let's go down the list here, uh, Beto O'Rourke, Blah. Pete Buttigieg, Bye-bye. Kamala Harris, Done. Elizabeth Warren, Finished. Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, go to bed. We, like, we've trained our fire on these targets as they've presented themselves. And so for the most part, we're homing right along. Yeah, no, uh, slang, Queens. Um, but there's another figure out there in this election. A phantom that, menace, yes, if you will. Uh, yeah, if, yes, <laughs> there is a phantom menace lurking out there that we have thus far, we've certainly talked about him. We've definitely made fun of him, but I don't think we've trained our attention or fire on him in quite the same way. But I'm beginning to think about it now. That figure is like a sort of not. I won't say a final boss. But oh a, no, Trump's the final. But boss. a secret boss. Yeah, like it's just it's you unlock like a hidden dungeon. They're like, oh wait, I thought I was done. It's like no yep. secret boss. You, okay, you could probably figure it out by now. It's Michael Bloomberg. Hello, 
Oh, well, it's it's me, the former mayor of New York. Don't Stop you, don't drinking you, that soda, you pig. Don't you remember me, what I did for the city after 9-11? Uh, no, he, he's out there and like, you know, what him and Steyer are doing in this election is unprecedented. Yep. Like they have both spent now over like $120 million or something. On oh, TV well, more ads. than that. Last I saw, it was 180 yeah, like there, it's just an, an astronomical amount of money. Most ever. To blanket every state in the country. Like, if you are like an average American, no matter what part, in, in New York City to any other part of the country, you're watching your local news at night, you're going to you know, NCIS Miami, uh, whatever, you're, you're watching your programs, you're going to see like at least three or four Steyer or Bloomberg ads. Yeah. And, you know, as we've seen with Steyer, like, you know, he's been able to buy, like, I don't know, what, eight, nine, ten percent? In a some places, chunk, yeah. you know, in some surveys, up to as much as 17 percent. And yeah. those are in the early states. Those yeah. aren't yeah. even in, like, the later Super Tuesday and after states. And that's the that's apparently the quotient of primary voters who um, just you know, just like TV, just yeah. like stuff <laughs> they see on TV. Yeah. They enjoy all the uh, products and services and people being advertised. They like having a friend in the house while they're doing cleaning and stuff. No, this is this is Homer driving by all the billboards and you know, <laughs> yes, sir, Mister Billboard. <laughs> yep. If Judge Judy was in the race, she would be. Well, Judge away Judy has people. endorsed Michael Bloomberg. Exactly. But okay, so like, so just the contrast between Steyer and Bloomberg, like what they're both doing is. Yeah, un- an unprecedented experiment in like just how far being a billionaire can take you, despite having like no yeah. real like base of support or real yeah. like, yep. reason for being in the race. Yep. In Bloomberg's case, literally being a member of the opposition party. Yes, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who endorsed, yes. Who, who who brought the fucking RNC to New York in two thousand four? Endorsed George W. Bush on stage and had his fucking shock troops. Beat the shit out of everybody who was there to protest it, and put corral oh. them into free speech zones, and also cleared out uh, Occupy and Wall Street. The, the first, sco- yeah, yeah crushed the Occupy library. Wall Street. It was just like Steyer, though, and hilariously enough, we did get a chance to talk to Sam Steyer briefly. Like, we'll be on the lookout for that in the in the future. But uh, Steyer is running like he has like a weird message, or like he he thinks of himself as like a fucking progressive or like, I think he's running cause he wants to be president or he wants to meet his political friends yeah. and be on the national stage and just sort of live out a kind of like, like a, a space camp, but exactly. for politics. Yes, right. This is it. Like if you think about it, if you're a billionaire and you literally think Bernie Sanders is cool, uh, you can't meet him the way that rich people get to meet, uh, other politicians. Like that's the argument of people who say that political donations aren't bribery. They say, these are just rich people who want to meet famous uh, politicians and feel special. Well, if you want to meet Bernie, you can't spend $30,000 on a plate of chicken to see him at a, at a thing. You've got to be on the same debate stage with him. And, okay, so that's Steyer, though. Bloomberg is, 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 a, is a completely different animal yeah. here. This is a completely different beast with Bloomberg. Bloomberg is running and spending all this money to, yeah, sure, to defeat Donald Trump. But even more than that. He is running to stop Bernie Sanders from being president. One million percent. That is like he would have done it in 2016. He if, threatened to. He threatened to if Bernie was if Bernie and Trump were the nominees. He said he would enter the race as an independent. Yep. This time around, he's doing it as a Democrat, and he's not even running in the early states. But what he is like, sitting out the first what three four states four mm-hmm. states. Yeah. He's been waiting till Super Tuesday, right? Yeah. yeah. We, what he is auditioning to be is the guy to stop Bernie, who is there, who can stay in it. As long as he needs to spend as much money as he has no limit and collect collect delegates. He has no limit. Yeah, exactly. And rack yeah. up delegates. Yeah, just pick up those. And, and the, we, we've talked about it before here. Like the, the goal here 
for the Democratic Party as Bernie continues to lead poll after poll, maybe win some of these early states. I don't, I just don't, don't, I just don't want to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. it. But they are reacting to their thinking it. Yeah. Right. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, Biden, they, I think they just realized this guy can't do it. And not like what they're really worried about is even if he did get the nomination, he couldn't beat Trump. He just, he just doesn't have it in him. He doesn't. He's he's a spent force. And and the thing about this is, is that when these guys, so once these guys start losing to Bernie, if this is what happens, once you start losing, game it out. You start dropping. You stop dropping in the polls, sure. But that also means your money dries up. It means your donors realize that it's pointless to throw good money after bad, and they fix somebody else, or they stop donating. So you can't hang around, at least in a credible way. Bloomberg. Is doing this all himself. He's already spent a hundred million dollars. He'll spend a hundred another million dollars. He'll spend five hundred million dollars, and he would never even notice it. I've, I've read something that like the amount of money he's spending on his campaign every week is, is, is an unbelievable amount of money. But he has so much money that's just the equivalent of what his money makes. Yep, in it's that just week. his interest. It's, it's, his it's interest. Just, just the interest. Yeah. He has not touched the nut. And even if, like I said, he spent five hundred million dollars for this, he wouldn't touch his nut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that means that he can hang around. And he could be on the ballot and on the air throughout every place, throughout the entire thing, no matter what, and collect, as we said, delegates because of the proportional way they... So, but here's the thing. It's like, we were talking about this. Virtually, you're right. Like, right now, Biden is still a threat. He is still technically leading in national polls. And right. he's very close. Well, and he's, he's very close the, he's to the, the only states. person... Uh, Biden is, right now, the only other person uh, to place first in any early state survey. It's either Biden... Uh, who was led in every survey of South Carolina, for instance, or Bernie, who's led in, uh, as of earlier today, three out of the past six Iowa polls. Uh, Biden leads in another one and is tied with Bernie in the other two. And I will say this. uh, He has led basically every national poll until this week, where Bernie is finally actually at the Right, where now now it basically comes down to methodology. But, you know... Let's be honest. This is this is a Biden versus Bernie race now. Right you now, can, maybe yes. like you can have like a big showing for like one of these, some of these also runs. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to get to, but like here's the deal. Like Biden is that that's the first fail safe, and they're going to see what it works with that. But should something happen that we're thinking about, it's going to become very there. It's going to become apparent very quickly that that fail safe has been blown. Yep. And Bloomberg is the secret boss that is behind that. Yep. And he is only there to get enough delegates to get it to a second vote on the floor of the convention and literally do a coup, mm-hmm. a coup, like a, a legal, basically a legal coup by money yeah. to subvert a, like a popular democratic movement. A Saddam 79. Yeah. But, but keep this in mind. 60. The math has not changed from what it was a year ago when it was exactly as apparent then as it is today that Bernie needs to win a clean majority of delegates and prevent a, a floor fight at the convention. Yes. So there's no, there's no new strategic consideration yeah. there. But to game it out a little bit, I think Bernie, as of right now in the early states, he profits from the weakness of his opposition. Uh, Warren is uh, on a downward trajectory, and the kind of love affair with Mayor Pete is certainly on the wane, too, as people realize, yeah, but he's still the fucking mayor of some town who fucking gives a shit about. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Klobuchar hasn't really taken off. And, you know, Biden, his toughest opposition, the you know, last Democratic vice president, 
is melting down on a semi-regular basis and is totally incapable of changing up his campaign strategy in any way. You know, he's he's not you're not going to he's not going to reboot. You're not going to see a new Joe. We I mean, like we just saw here, like that clip of him in Iowa, like the day we flew out here uh, yelling at that guy about fucking get like uh, uh, gas pipes, <laughs> pipelines. And uh, he was just like, he's like, just like, yeah, don't vote for me. Vote for the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, like just a- disagree with him about pipelines. And he's just like, hey, buddy, let me tell you this. Eat shit. Fuck off. And There's the door. Bye. Vote that, for someone else. Fuck you. That is what Democrats have done basically for the, everyone's living existence. Is listening to this and even their parents is, what are you going to do? It's us. It's not me or the other guy. But because his brain is now turned into cottage cheese, he doesn't realize in a primary they have multiple <laughs> options. He's, he's using the shit you're supposed to use on them once you've got the nomination. That's what he told them to eat shit. He, like, he could not be more. It's just somewhere deep down inside of it, he can't help but express like his the idea is just like I, don't vote for me yeah. fuck you <laughs> like, like, I, I would rather I'm, I'm offering you nothing why would you vote for because me because he is the avatar of democrat brain the democrat brain is one that from an elected official's perspective hates and is absolutely disgusted with uh, and treats with nothing but contempt his democratic voter base they're pigs they're little stupid piggies. Rahm Emanuel basically let this slip when he was – he literally called them uh, the R word. Uh, and you should always dom them and remind them that you, that they, that you are the only thing standing between them and Armageddon. But re- you love Republican voters and Republicans. That's why his, he'll spend an hour in a speech talking about how the re- he knows good Republicans and there's good Republicans out there. Your neighbors who are Republicans, they don't really like this Trump guy, do they? And then somebody says, hey, maybe don't cook the earth. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> Suck my fucking dick. I just like and that and for that reason alone is why when you look at like like polls and shit, why the the age gap between oh in the Democratic Party right now is yeah. so profound in that like voters under the age of 40, like prefer Bernie Sanders by an astronomical number. Uh, like, Biden's in single digits. Among, like in single uh, digits, 7 percent, 7 percent. Yeah. And then, like, it's slightly less dramatic over 60, but the gap is huge, huge between Biden and Sanders. Huge. And that was played. We, we saw a Biden event today. Yeah, I will uh, tell you. We'll talk yeah. about it later. But one thing we can say is that that crowd, it looked like the day room of a rest home. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I said it already, but like, so I'll say it again. All I could think of leaving that event was just the very beginning scene of The Irishman. Like, that's <laughs> yes. what it felt like. In I just hear still of the night. But looking at... But looking and by the at, way, and also the crowd was like 50 to 60 people at yes. most. At most. Yeah. Uh, but looking at Bernie's opposition right now, uh, it's pretty clear that Pete, who only polls well in Iowa, New Hampshire, and has the strongest organization, really the only organization to speak of anywhere in Iowa, New Hampshire, has to deliver... In those two states, his his national polling numbers are below single digits, you know, Too across brittle, the board. Yeah. Uh, and for him to to continue to satisfy his backers and be able to make it, even just make it to Super Tuesday, where he has no organization, he's not running any ads or anything like that. You know, he needs a a win or a close second in Iowa or New Hampshire, and even that's not a that's not really enough of a springboard for him, I don't think, to propel him to the nomination. But just to continue, he has to do right. better than he's polling right now. Absolutely, uh, Elizabeth Warren, really the similar situation. She probably, you know, she's been in the race longer and has a bigger profile. She probably has some kind of organization, you know, in some Super Tuesday states. But, you know, if she's getting like fourth 
in Iowa or fourth in New Hampshire, both of which are very, very, very possible right now. Uh, I think she would hope for a comeback in Nevada uh, where, you know, she's been she's got like Harry Reid people there. And, you know, she looked like a strong contender earlier in the year in that state. But if she eats it there, too, like is is especially if she's like losing to to Tom Steyer, she might lose to Tom Steyer here. Honestly, it's very hard to see her fighting on after that. Yeah. Especially when this would put her at risk of losing her home state, which votes on Super Tuesday, which would be uniquely humiliating. Yeah, that's what Kamala Harris uh, dropped out to avoid. Uh, Tom Steyer is kind of in the inverse situation because he also has enough money to just stay (laughs) in and run a vanity (laughs) campaign through all 50 states. Uh, So right now, nobody really paid any attention to him. And he's kind of sneaking up there in the polls in the early state. In the early states, I don't think to the degree that he could win any of them. I, but the but he would he would want to come out of the, these first four states and say, "Okay, look, I'm a I'm a real candidate. I'm a, I'm an actual man." <laughs> a- I would say this. I think that there is actually a stance that Steyer could finish third here in Iowa. But if that happened, the story I think would not be Tom Steyer surging. It would be holy shit, Elizabeth Warren got beat by Tom Steyer. And so I don't think it would be a springboard. I think it's a springboard in the sense that he also thinks he's playing the long game. Yeah. And I think he he wants to be one of the last people standing against Bernie. Because, again, we anticipate right now, at least I anticipate right now, Bernie winning Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Yes. Uh, some, and New Hampshire, I think, by a very healthy margin. Not sure what Iowa would look like right now. Really depends what happens with the other candidates. And essentially what... You know, Bloomberg, Biden and Steyer, who are the most likely people right now to be able to stay through this entire primary process to the very end. I think they're all generally thinking, okay, once those two other guys get knocked out, it'll just be me and Bernie and I'll beat that guy because he's a socialist and I'm not. Yeah. And I think at Biden's case. He has to win something here mm-hmm. or else the invincibility, uh, uh, the idea that, you know, he's he, he could be the inevitable nominee, that, you know, he's the, he's the best choice. position. He's a safe choice, the best position to be Trump. I think that that uh, aura of invincibility uh, will be dispelled. And voters who have otherwise just had him as the default option will start looking for someone else, especially because, you know, his support base, it's 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 not people who like his policies. Yeah. It's it's people who think uh, okay, the, uh, America probably wants something like that. He yes. seems like a the he seems like the kind of president who would be in a you know a, a, a CBS drama. Risk averse people who want to follow someone who they think could beat Trump because that's what they care about more than anything, and that means that they go with who looks like a winner. And going into the next, I swear to God, the first round of of like next round, he is going to be the winner. He's going to be the the guy who looks like an actual popular winning guy who could take on Trump. Yeah, and I if you know if 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 he comes from behind, if he comes back to to win some of the early states, you know, I think his case would remain credible going into Super Tuesday and further afield. But if he's losing, I think that would be the beginning of the end for his campaign and that he could struggle on. I think uh you know, he, he I think even if he lost in his firewall of South Carolina, I think if he lost all four early states, I think he would, you know, stay in the race. I think he would anticipate staying uh, through Super Tuesday uh, to the next round of contests. But I think it would just be that much harder. I think he would start to shed a lot of his support 
Uh, he would shed a lot of his wealthy backers, and I think he would just have to struggle on. And I think at that point, he would he would be in Bloomberg's mode and think, okay, well, this is just a delegate collection contest. I just have to get to Milwaukee. Bloomberg's case, as we know, is let you know let them fight it out in the four early states, blanket the airwaves, and hope that out of the early states, Bernie's the only one left standing, which is very, very unlikely to be the case for the reasons that I just said. I think that going into Super Tuesday, I think it will be Bernie versus Biden versus Bloomberg, possibly versus Steyer, depending on how much you know of his uh, children's money he wants to spend here. <laughs> Guys, there's this, there was a poll. I know we don't want to talk about polls, but there was a poll of California that came out today that had Bernie not at Bernie at thirty percent, and more importantly, had the second place finisher Elizabeth Warren at sixteen percent. That is one point above the 15% cutoff for delegates. If that poll, and, and this is before Bernie has won any primaries or caucuses. If you're going into Super Tuesday, and this is not, and this is something we can trust as like a baseline, and you go to Super Tuesday with Bernie on a hot streak, if that's the lay of the land, Bernie has a chance to take every delegate in California. And if he has also is right now apparently in a, basically a tie with Biden in Texas. Once again, <laughs> imagine Texas after four straight Bernie victories. <laughs> He, I don't think he went all the votes <laughs> in Texas, but you win Texas and every delegate in California. I honestly don't think it matters what happens in any other state. Right. That's so. That's the logic. <laughs> I know. Uh, like, you just say it, and you get. You uh, that's, the logic, that's the logic of the Bernie Ooh, campaign stop, right yeah, now. Is stop, that the stop. momentum from winning uh, three out of four, or even four out of four of the early states? It it just becomes so overwhelming uh, going into Super Tuesday, where by the end of the night on Super Tuesday, 38% of pledged delegates will have been allocated. And we know Bernie has an exceptional organization in California in many of the Super Tuesday states. Uh, many of them are states that he won by huge margins last time around in 2016. At that point, you have to think a lot of primary voters will see the guy with the momentum, the guy who they like by the way, as an 80% favorability rating (laughs) and say, okay, looks like the contest's over. Let's just vote for this guy and get it over with. I like Bernie, but can he win? Is America ready? Is this realistic? He just kicked the shit out of everybody for a month fucking straight. Guys, 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 no. I'm getting too horned up. up. Give me some bad news. Make me, honestly, make me feel bad right now. I need to come down. He needs to come down. Okay. So the idea is give me the worst case scenario. Okay, the idea I is by the end, worst slices. Okay, okay. The, idea, the idea is by the end of Super Tuesday, he's built up such a big uh, pledge delegate margin that it doesn't matter if it becomes a one on one and there's like five hundred billion dollars in negative attack yeah, ads yeah. Uh, uh, for a, a stop Bernie movement because that lead will have been you know that lead he's accrued will have been so strong that he will start to look like the presumptive nominee at that point. Yes. Uh, much in a similar way that Hillary Clinton uh, accrued such a strong lead by the middle of the primaries that it didn't really matter that much if Bernie was, you know, pulling out some big victories, which he did in places like Michigan, Wisconsin. Yes. That, that's, okay, that's, that's the best case scenario where he accrues so many delegates that it will be impossible. Yep. Even Bloomberg with $50 billion, <laughs> it will, literally will not matter because he and will by be the, way, the nominee, nominee on the first vote. That, him... What, if you if he, Bernie really does become the presumptive nominee, there's actually a huge danger in Bloomberg if he's still running as a Democrat 
going hard negatively against the guy who is now the presumptive nominee. I mean, the Democrats do care about that shit. Like the idea of inner part, they hate the idea of going after someone who they think is going to be the one that they're really. I mean, like Even, all that, they would all make that, an exception for fucking Sanders. No, I think no. I oh, think because he's I, not I'm a Democrat. He's I'm, not talking a, about, he's I'm talking about like non eight percent psychopaths. Okay, I'm saying that a lot of the people who maybe had mild dislike of Bernie because you know, oh, he he stayed in too long. I think that 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 what they they actually are serious in that because they want Democrats to win. They don't want criticism of democrats especially they want it to be a coronation exactly and so a significant chunk i think of people who might be amenable to the negative stuff is like you know i didn't like him either but this is it it would really just be the people who are drawing a salary from their connection to the democratic establishment who would still run this out the best case scenario for bernie uh, it's super Tuesday. Give me the worst case. I'm too fucking. Well, let me high just right let now. me just give, okay. let me just give you the, let me just finally just give you the best case, which is that Biden hobbles along. Bloomberg uh, insists on spending you know hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, maybe Tom Steyer is in the mix too, just still spending money for whatever reason, just to hang out, and make friends. You know, uh, this is vacation for him. This is like a singles cruise, and. <laughs> Uh, Bernie has just accrued uh, so much momentum, is just uh, such a lead in the national polling that it doesn't really matter, and he just triumphs over divided opposition. The worst case scenario, I think, would be now that we know that we know that Bloomberg's stated intention is I'm going to spend all the money and I'm going to be there no matter what fucking happens. Uh, you know, he's got a plan and he's going to stick to it. Uh, the worst case is probably he, Bloomberg becomes the head of a stop Bernie movement. Yes. After yes. Super Tuesday, and it becomes a one v one contest where, like all of the 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 anti Bernie holdouts coalesce around him, and also he's also buying every mayor in the country. Yes, yes he, is, he has know, been for years. He, you know, he has been spending so much money and what are basically legalized bribes. Yeah. Uh, to every Democratic politician in this country, Beto O'Rourke showed up at a Bloomberg event last night, mayor, co- courting him. Stacey DC? Abrams has not endorsed him, but has done events with, you know, he took his money. she's taken his money. Just got the endorsements of the mayors of D.C. and San Francisco and is about to get it. It's looking like he's going to get it from uh, Chicago as well. I think I, honestly, good. This is the nicest thing I need because this is what I'm saying. We need to be ready for this shit because it's definitely going to happen. Is, is they cannot do it through delegates. They cannot do it. On a first ballot, it would have to be a coup at the convention. Can you explain what that would mean? Yeah. What it would mean is you have your first ballot and no one gets to the requisite number. That means you got to vote again. Once the voting begins on the second ballot, because of the deal that Bernie struck with uh, the, our DNC after 2016, the superdelegates, i.e. delegates who uh, are allowed into the convention as in their status as either bigwigs in the party, union leaders and stuff, or elected officials – they were they are called superdelegates because in previously to this year after the uh, McGovern uh, reforms before until from 72 to now, they could vote in the first ballot for whoever they wanted. Right. Which is why when Hillary and Bernie ran against each other, they would have like the delegate totals on the fo- on the pictures on the newspaper. And even before the votes started, they would always have her up 200 because they already gave her her uh, her announced endorsed uh, uh, superdelegate, which is, of course, stupid and propaganda, but whatever. But and and that was one thing that was always over the head of Bernie in 2016 is those superdelegates were already built into to Clinton's numbers, even though nobody, uh, yeah, they're not from any caucuses or primaries. So if there's a second ballot in Milwaukee, those superdelegates, according to the new rules, can vote. They will overwhelmingly vote for a, a predetermined and coordinated person who would 
in order to make it look not as terrible as possible, most likely be the second highest delegate holder, which in this scenario would be Bloomberg. Okay, so that every, like, you know, the anti-Bernie movement, you're talking about the entire Democratic Party. Yeah. Like, the entire Democratic Party, the entire media, and, like, let's be honest, really the owners of this country overall. Correct, yes. Looking at what his movement represents and, like, that, you know, he... he it, he takes seriously the shit he says. Yes. Even if they're going to, even if they can stop him from doing all the things he wants to do politically in Congress or with the Supreme Court or whatever, he will take just, over just the party. idea of someone who actually believes what he says about taking away their wealth and power, uh, you better, that they are against him. And the way they're going to try to stop him, like their ultimate failsafe is Bloomberg, and it is to set up a second vote at a convention where he, will, he would be the guy yes and then that would that would split the party in two and stop him from being the nominee so that is the one thing that militates against this happen. i think the main thing that militates against that is i really do think bernie's going to be going to get the the delegates he's he will have enough yep. for it not to matter but if it does matter the thing that might stay their hand is that if they do this it will as you said split the party it will guarantee a loss to trump and some third party person getting like 10 to 15 percent of the vote maybe tulsi gabbard uh and they would have to be willing to allow that to happen. And they might. They might decide it's worth it. And, but they might chicken out and because by, these are Democrats we're talking by about. By the way, though, if they do do that, it is everyone, certainly mine and anyone who listens to this show, your responsibility to not vote or vote for the third party oh, in absolutely. that election. Absolutely. No, the Democrats must be boycotted completely. And, and this point. is the thing we were thinking about like the other night. Like, if, if they do that, this is the nightmare scenario that I'm talking about, which is a, a real possibility absolutely. as we've just discussed. Right. right? It's almost win-win. Absolutely. Because at that point, oh, yeah. like the entire point of this show, and like we really feel being here in Iowa, it is the culmination of a long time on this the show. long march. <laughs> that we got started at this exact point in the 2016 election, Bernie or bust, Bernie mm -hmm. or die. And we've been that way ever, ever since. We've never, ever raved that. And like nope. what that means is like either the Democratic Party can, through a popular Democratic movement, can be taken over but defeated entirely, taken over, and brought to unity on our terms. Mm -hmm. That's what that. That's what the bend the knee comment was about. Yes. That there is no unity with these people or cooperation with them until they are defeated. Yes. No and, unity without fealty. Exactly. And like, if we can do that, then like we have a huge opportunity to change this country. Yep. If they which choose the other option, which is to split the party, then the they must be it should be destroyed. The well, party, that's going it must, to destroy it. It'll be the yeah. first. It'll be they'll become the Whigs, and yeah. they will lose that fight. And that's good. That's, I, that's as that is a step forward. Either way, Bernie winning or the party breaking in half is a step forward. Is a progressive and, step worth supporting. And what I get excited about is because when I think this through, those are the two most likely options I can imagine. And this happening. is why this is why like a lot of liberals and like people with Democrat brain get so angry about at Bernie and they always say, oh he's not a Democrat. Sometimes like I think he hates our party more than them or like he just wants to destroy the Democratic Party. I know Bernie or his people would never admit to this, but the reason this movement is so important and is because it is a gun aimed at the heart of Absolutely. the Democratic Party. And it is a hostage situation. And either we're going to they're going to allow us to take over the direction of this party or it will be destroyed. Yes. And we will Absolutely. destroy it. And what a lot of uh Actually, ultra lefts, in addition to smug centrists, will say is, you say that, but I guarantee you that if that happens, Bernie will endorse Bloomberg. And you know what? I bet he would. I bet he would. And he would refuse to head a third-party ticket. But guess what? At that point, once they steal it for Bernie, God, I love him like nobody in the world, but his time is over. Yeah. He is yes. no longer relevant. Bernie, is he's Moses. He didn't get us to the yes, promised land. The, yes, he got us yes. to the precipice <laughs> that we have to, we have to find it. 
but his point, he will have been done. We will, like, so we, like, will be, we will spend 40 years in the desert, but like, yeah, we have been yeah, delivered from it's bondage. Like, we'll take it from you, buddy. You know, take a rest for God's sake. To extend this, uh, this uh, biblical uh, allegory, um, I was thinking about like in the terms of the Democrat brain that you've talked about and this uh, stark generational gap in the Democratic Party yeah. between the olds and anyone who's under the age of 40. <laughs> yeah. If you've been a Democrat that long, like you have known nothing but just, just, just punishment, discipline, just and, and submission. The oh, rum sodomy in the lash. You know. That's it. That's it. And like you were just, you're you so. You adopted the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah. I was born into it, molded like, by it. All, all you know is just like the uh, just cringing uh, subservience. Which is just like you just negotiate to just get a little better treatment. Yep. And I was thinking like a few like, more gruel cups. <laughs> yeah. Than and your like fucking pen. And, and like I was thinking about it in the terms of like a, a World War II POW movement. Like Bernie and this whole young generation is like the cocky alpha Steve McQueen, like uh, a hotshot American officer. Yeah. It's like, so, you know, first gets in the camp and it's just like, okay, we got to organize to break bust out. <laughs> doing, we're doing the great escape. And then like, you know, all the officers that have been there for years now, the British guys who are just like been like, we've lost three guys already trying to break out. Just any attempt will all be punished. Like we just have to have good relations yeah. with the commandant. Right. Yeah. You know, Alec Guinness and fucking bridge <laughs> on the river. Quad. Yeah, we got to exactly. finish this bridge. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. so crucial. We got to finish this bridge to the 21st century. <laughs> we've we've got to give all glory to Emperor Hirohito. <laughs> The British bridge, even one that aids the Japanese war effort, is superior to that to be done by any <laughs> Japanese person. Uh, yeah, no, that's the Democrat brain mentality. Yeah. You know, it's just like they, it's, it's, they, it learned helplessness. The yeah, they, the, the, gimp. Gimp, the gimp box. Yeah. yeah, they just don't want to get sent to the, sh- the hole <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Also, keep this in mind. I really do think that if after Super Tuesday, there's only two candidates left. It's Bernie and Bloomberg. And Bloomberg says, I'm going to spend half a billion dollars on negative attack ads and all this shit. I think could Bloomberg, you know, win some delegates and buy some contests? Sure. Yeah. But I, I think he would he would lose to Bernie. I think midway through that process, Bernie would accrue a majority of pledged delegates simply because Bloomberg has no constituency within the Democratic Party. And the as we know from Bernie's favorability ratings, there aren't enough people who are no Bernie, you know, at all period, who would rally around Bloomberg. No one's ever going to say, hey, did you hear about this Bloomberg guy? Pretty exciting, huh? <laughs> no, you would, you would, you would vote uh, for him because you got a uh, picture of a corn cob in your Twitter mentions. Like, you're, there's something <laughs> wrong with you. Uh, or you're just like one of the members of the 15% Steyer quotient of people who just vote on whatever's advertised and commercial breaks during Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. You know, the, the, I usually uh, I usually write in uh, Jenny Jones, but this year I'm going with Tom Steyer. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's just talk about Bloomberg for a second. Okay, I mean, I know you saw the shit of him just like grabbing dogs' faces. It's Loves like, to grab, he, grab he, a snout. It's like he when he meets a dog, and there are two separate two photos separate of this. Photos. When he meets and encounters a dog, yeah. he like grabs its upper jaw when his when his mouth's open and like shakes it shakes like it's, it a, like hand, it's a hand, like yeah. a handshake, normal human behavior. Which, I was, we were like, like violates some like deep evolutionary, like evolution based yeah. human behavior. Yeah. In that just approaching a strange dog and putting your hand in its mouth. This is literally like, this is the race memory of how we domesticated <laughs> <Yes>. wolves. <laughs> it's like they come down to it smell the meat of the, the campfire. Era. And you're first, uh, you grab your spear, but then you see that they're not, their ears aren't down. And then you just reach a hand out on top or down below to smell, to smell, to show you're not at that. That is like ingrained. That is like primal human brain. That's how we survived. 
Fucking Bloomberg. Hello, little butt doggy. <laughs> I'll put my head directly in your mouth. Oh, yeah, I've just been eating these bacon bits. Let me let me put my head directly into your mouth. Uh, Alien, not uh, no, no. So, so again, we've I, th- I think we've established using facts and logic. But what a Bloomberg nomination for the Democratic Party uh, would guarantee guarantee a Trump victory. Not only that, what, you, what, wait, wait. If, like not only that, imagine a Trump Bloomberg matchup. Oh the God. contrast between the two of them is so grotesque and profound. But here's the thing. Bloomberg, I may win. I would imagine New York and California, maybe, yeah, probably both of those states, maybe one or two other. But it would the map after that election would look so fucking red. It would just be the absolute solidification of the Democratic Party as a thoroughly rump minority party. Yes, yeah. a party that has no national uh, cachet whatsoever of upper middle class uh, urban sophisticates. Yeah, I think that would put states like New Jersey in play if Bloomberg yeah. were the nominee, and also. Something that, you know, no one's really talked about yet because no one's really addressing the Bloomberg threat is that in many ways, Bloomberg would be an objectively worse president than Trump because Bloomberg, God, for one, the th- one thing about Trump is, you know, he's lazy and stupid, yeah. which means that, OK, it's it's dysfunctional. And, you know, occasionally you get like an actual white supremacist like Stephen Miller in there who has his own like, you know, a pet uh, uh you know, uh, fucking ethnic project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. project. Yeah, uh, I got a, uh, I got a few notes I've been working on. You know, a couple notebooks I can show you. Uh, but otherwise, it's just the minutes of the one C conference. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's uh, the the only effective person has been Mitch McConnell in all these years. Yes. Uh, Bloomberg as president, we know that he is an efficiency psychotic. And he has a definite agenda, which is militarizing every fucking police department. Could you imagine what the war on drugs would look like under Michael Bloomberg? Oh, it, would include, oh, it would go. For, it would not only would they not legalize oh. weed and and maybe psychedelics uh, or whatever uh, under a, a Bernie or whatever. They would actually add shit to Schedule One, like caffeine and you would, high fructose you would, demolition man. Syrup. Demolition man. Yes, it would be demolition man. <laughs> you would have to. Uh, there would be a mandatory urine test to ride the bus. Yes. <laughs> No, every 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 element of your life would be means tested and drug tested. Oh, and he would cut that fucking deal Obama wanted to cut with Boehner. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, no! Oh, no Say no, goodbye no. to Social no. Security and Medicare. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Say you, goodbye you, to retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your your, mo- your mother's food. No. Oh, that'll be going away. No, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid she has, it's not quite efficient enough. Yeah, but mother shall not be eating. <laughs> if you heard this shit, that one of the plans, I, I, this is real. I just, I don't have time to look for it, but. One of the clans that I think one of the either one of the parties, it, it's a Democrat thing. It was a plan for how to replace social, how to reform social security. I think it was a Simpsons Bowls thing. Let's say it was a Simpsons Bowls thing. Yeah. We've got the rest of it. And it was making it a mixture of like a public pension, private, like privatized stuff, and also uh, uh, wages in the form of like micro payments. So basically, the theory is replace <sighs> social security with, uh, with, with like, uh, <laughs> Uh, a reduced, a reduced public, a reduced amount of money, like some stock that you can't really, you know, that's okay. going to go up or down. You're going to get every, <laughs> and then like working for Mechanical Turk, like you're get... in a nursing home clicking on McDonald's's, uh, every, or Amazon all day, every to every, afford gruel. Every senior citizen will have to put a cash.me in the bio. Yes, Venmo is open. Everyone will, be, everyone will be right, showing good, up on hold of the okay, internet, dude. 
this is good. Bad vibes. I want to come vibes. down oh, this now. This is really honestly I wanna, what I'm more used no, to. No, no, no. I'm I, like, we, we were. Hello, we were, darkness, we, my old friend. We like, we, I, we see the promised land, but no, it's not real yet. Yeah, it's yeah. not real. It's only rush. We don't want to walk into could be, yes. We don't want to walk into an ambush. I need to know. I need to confront the dark world. But here's the thing. This is the flip side of the Bloomberg disaster of a general election where he would get rinsed. It is this. If Bernie gets the nomination, it will be in the interest of that party that he just defeated for him to lose the general. The way and will will the Democratic Party sabotage Bernie the way that the labor movement in the form of the AFL CIO and George Meany sabotaged George McGovern in nineteen seventy two? And if and and are they able to do it to such an extent that even though I think we're all in agreement that Bernie would rinse Trump in an election, could they Use do they have enough levers of power to sabotage and make sure Trump gets the second term, which is their preferred outcome in that scenario? No, I don't think so. You don't think they can do it? My instinct is no. Okay, I mean we well, can, we could work it out. We, here's we, the thing: we though, can talk this wait, out. That's in the relevant. They will try to do that. Yeah, they will. Well, do no, that. it's really just the question: is it will they do it? They will obstruct him. They will not cooperate. The question is: how far will they go? Right. I think. And I, can I, they I, go far enough? I even? think. I think there will be some very visible never Bernie types. Uh, but and a third party I, run by like Howard Schultz or something. I. I mean, possibly. I mean, that's up to Howard Schultz. Is the thing. And I think there will be some people who say, you know, oh, of course I endorse Bernie. I think like uh, 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 like Barack Obama would endorse Bernie. But like behind the scenes, I think they would react more with indifference than with you know like active like okay, how are we going to take this guy down? I think. The- uh, I think as well, you would not see in a, a never Bernie movement. Uh, that would come close to the never Trump movement in the Republican Party in 2016 when a whole host of Republican elected officials like openly said, no, I'm not voting for him. I don't support him. I think that virtually all Democratic elected officials will endorse Bernie. So take, you know, take from that what you will. But what about this? Uh, you were talking about how the Bloomberg strategy would involve him falling back to the later states and then just blitzing Bernie with a negative campaign. Essentially, yeah. But wouldn't couldn't that in effect serve as poisoning the well for Bernie, even if he is able to beat Bloomberg? It might. I mean, it depends what his message is. So, like, here's what's actually uh, harrowing about the Bloomberg campaign is that it is the most efficient campaign that I've I've probably ever seen. Like it is like imagine if Hillary with her billion dollars did not fuck up. Imagine if she didn't have a bunch of, you know, rubes running the show. <laughs> like she actually had like Well you can afford the best. Right. He has purchased the best. Like total on the you know, completely on the ball psychotics. And like look at his his social media operation. It's the slick social media operation that we're all you know, we all roll our eyes at, but you know, it's it's what people get paid a lot of money to do is to uh, make Cheetos woke. Like that, heck, it's like that kind of shit. That heck and pupper ad was to us disgusting and monstrous, and this cynical attempt to make him look like a human being. It's like you know, you know how the people they used animals in Terminator. Did they use dogs to bark to see if it was <laughs> yeah, really yeah. a Terminator? Wolfie's well, fine. Yeah, we'll prove that he's a human because the dogs don't attack him when he comes on screen. <laughs> and we, and but it's like, hey, people like heck and woofers. Maybe they like that. I right. don't know. That's, that's exactly what it is—a cynical attempt to uh, make Michael Bloomberg seem like a human being. Yeah. And it's honestly like this will be an interesting test case, whether like the traditional form of campaigning can beat uh, what is essentially uh, 
Bernie Sanders his his our revolution strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out a lot of stuff in the very near future. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the future whatever, is happening but, more but, and more to, every day. But just just so so to wheel back to your to your original question, Will, I the worst case scenario is actually that Bernie loses Iowa and New Hampshire. That is the yeah. worst case right yeah. now. Yeah, no, that yeah. would be bad. The expectations because, are too high. And again, like I said, of the last six polls, you know, credible polls out of Iowa, Bernie leads in three. Biden leads in one. He's tied with Biden in two. And the thing that keeps nagging at me about Iowa specifically is that between them, uh, Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard grab in the neighborhood of 10% between the two of them, which, of course, means in Iowa, when they go to the caucus, there's no there's very few precincts where either one of them is going to be at the threshold to get delegates or to go. Well, which means they're going to go somewhere else. And I kind of think it it seems to me that. Their next pick well, that would be Bernie. Would only, well, that would only be the case if take Yang, for example, if his level of support, say, I don't know, 5 8% or whatever it is, if that's evenly distributed around the state, which it is certainly not. Oh, right. Because we know his supporters tend to be very, very young, yes. i.e. college students. Yeah, yeah. Like, in a, like in Iowa City and stuff. That's probably where they mostly are. That's where the university is, right? Uh, there's some universities there, Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, I want to send the message to people that, no, this isn't a wait and see situation. This is a do you have a future or not situation, and you can make, you can make an active, dis- active you can make a difference. difference. And we know uh, from going around, and just we've just been here for a, a, a couple nights so far, and yes, we've spent much of our time in Perkins, uh, you know, <laughs> having business uh, strategy, <laughs> breakfast meals, uh, you know, all hours of the day you could get a, a breakfast meal at a Perkins. Pie. You can get pie. It's, it's always something fresh and new. Every, and everything is just like just lathered in this sort of oil butter. <laughs> you great. know, uh, it makes eating much more efficient. It, just here. it, it lubricates your, th- your throat as you as you swallow it. Uh, but uh, as we also know, there is about a thousand people who have come from out of state yeah. to work full volunteer shifts for Bernie Sanders to canvas here in Iowa. And we know a lot of them are listeners of this very program i saw a tweet the other day from someone in a bernie field office in iowa who said someone walked through their door after driving here from houston and said i'm here because houston. i heard because <laughs> i heard brie joy on chapo trap house said that you needed people to come volunteer yeah i mean i, I honestly like uh i just want to say I'll, I'll say this so in my darker moments i reflect on the fact that caring about politics is a mental illness kind of yeah uh in Certainly america, american politics what, what it is is essentially it is a mad and desperate search for a sense of control it's to feel like you have some insight some sort of say in what's going to happen even though deep down in your darkest heart you know that's not true you know that you are totally at the whim of history and fate and machinations of man and beast and that you have very little to say about where you end up and politics is a way to feel like maybe Maybe I can influence it. And for the most part, that's what it is. It's a sort of a sick displacement of one's sense of uh, helplessness. Uh, and that just goes beyond caring about politics. It goes to voting and being involved and everything because it really is an illusion. And politics really is beyond us for the most part. It's huge forces, forces like capitalism and, and, and uh, that shape things beyond uh, a scale that we could ever even comprehend because we're so small. But I've been trying to fight against this for a year now because I don't want to lose my way 
I don't want to get stars in my eyes, but I cannot get over this feeling, even when I'm feeling at my darkest and most pessimistic, that this is a moment that is the beginning of a chance to actually get closer to putting your hand somewhere close to the levers of destiny. Not with this election, uh, not with this primary, not even with Bernie getting in. That's just the, the opening of the door. You have to step through and you have to walk. But I really feel like that if we have an ability as a species to come together in a, in a recogn- common recognition of humanity, that this is maybe our last chance to do it. But we might actually be able to. <laughs> I, I have nothing left to say. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom um, and wash my face. I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn it, Will. What do you say about J.O. during the recording? <laughs> Supposed to get your errands done before we meet. <laughs> Uh, but as well, we, we, we mention, we shout out the listeners who have made the Bernie journey. Absolutely. Uh, many the of whom, shooters. Many of whom uh, have reached out to us, which we normally uh, frown upon. Absolutely. Of no, thank you. Uh, with messages of uh, warm encouragement. Uh, this is not to shame uh, everyone else who uh, did not make the Bernie journey. Uh, no, but rather not. to say that there are many forms of participation mm-hmm. you can engage in that are absolutely critical right now because again it's not just iowa new hampshire nevada it's also the super tuesday states uh where we are just under a just over a month away from yeah the big kahunas where they still need people to text bank and to make phone calls and as well uh keep this in mind the bernie campaign set a goal uh for the month of january to make 5 million phone calls over the month, and they blew past that goal <laughs> about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, they raised it to 10, and they might get there. What is so uh, humanizing to me is the idea that we're all really in this one together, that this is like one big fight where everyone is marching in the same army for, towards a common cause, and it's a level of organization that I don't think I've seen in my lifetime. There have been movements such as the uh, anti-war movement, for instance, uh, moments like uh, the uh, Obama campaign, which had a lot of uh, enthusiasm from the left. Uh, but I, I just don't think anything really compares to this, to the shared sense of humanity, I feel, for uh, everyone else who is like, yeah, I get it. We're on the same page. And this is coming as someone who has spent you know, his entire adult life uh, you know, doing what Matt does, which is watch the TV and get mad, which <laughs> yes. any sane person would do yeah. is get mad. And it's it's a very alienating, isolating experience to think that, well, I'm just a crank like nobody else <laughs> in the world shares my views, except maybe a handful of other cranks. Like there's uh, nobody else who would want to abolish capital. Nobody else who sees the people in charge. Uh, sees the oligarchs and thinks like the, these those should they should be pelted when they walk through the street <laughs> like they we need to get rid of them yes uh, they are the fucking problem and to see like literally thousands tens hundreds of thousands of people uh, as we've seen for the just just the the number of people who have even volunteered or donated to Bernie at all not only share these views uh, but millions of people 
uh, who not only just agree with that perspective now by virtue of the fact they support Bernie Sanders and like what he's saying, uh, but are being converted by the day. Uh, that is, I think, the only cure for this awful spectacle-induced alienation in which we live. Yes. I just, uh, I, I, I don't have anything else to say other than what Matt and Virgil just said that I can really even put into words right now. I just feel that, like, echo everything they said and just feel that, like, right now at this moment, the people working for Bernie who support him are the best of my generation. They're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep them down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. And I just, I, I feel like we're all, yeah, we're all a part of it and uh, we can do something. I got something to say. Let's get this bread. Let's get this fucking bread. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Only union makes us strong. When the union's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run, there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. Yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? But the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the union makes us strong. It is we who plowed the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand outcast and starving mid the wonders we have made, but the union makes us strong. Solidarity.